Hey guys, uh, we have to take the scripture in the context it's given, and what I'm about to talk about really is uh, central to Jesus being Lord and Savior and the religious leaders of his day. But it's an interesting little insight because we follow Christ as our guide, as our as our Lord. You know, He's Lord over our life. But we also know that that we read that we should be patient and kind and long suffering, and especially to those who are um, weak in the flesh, troubled, misinformed, misguided. But the, we have to wonder: Do we follow Jesus in the way He was toward uh, predatory religious leaders? You know, we read in Jude that, you know, the Archangel Michael didn't even speak a word against Satan, but just said, let God be your judge. And we know that vengeance is his. So is it wrong for Christians today to speak aggressively against uh, predatory religious leaders? Well, I think it's one thing to speak against those who are uh, making fleecing the flock. And I think that the example of Jesus is appropriate in our attitude when we come across someone who and or people who are actually preying upon putting people in bondage, religious bondage, fleecing the flock of their money and their liberty and their freedom. I think that maybe, as led by the Spirit, that the rules of agape love might include being insolent uh, toward those religious predators. Now, I think you got to be really careful because there are pastors who do great work and we don't agree with them uh, in their doctrine or their practices, but it doesn't mean we should be insolent toward them. It's the spirit that tells us, you know, just because somebody is is failing in a doctrinal perspective doesn't mean that they deserve to be treated, quote unquote, rudely. But we do have times in scripture where insolence toward blind, predatory religious leaders comes forward. We see it all through Matthew 22, 23, where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he's laying out on them. We remember that he cleared the temple of the uh, money changers and, and, the, and the thieves and, and everything. So we know that there is a place in time, even in the life of our perfect Lord, where anger toward, or insolence maybe, toward those people who are have an agenda to uh, hurt other people might be, might be okay in the cause. So um, we find pejoratives used by Jesus and by other people and Paul and Peter against these leaders. And so we have to say, is it okay for us too, as believers today, to show insolence or disrespect to conniving religious leaders. I, I, I watch some of them on YouTube and I am stunned by what some of them are willing to do to the, to the flock and what they're willing to tell them that they must do and believe. And I have to fight my natural inclination, which is not of God, to get really mad at them. But we can go to the story of the man born blind, which has always been a favorite of mine, okay? Most of us knows the, know the story. But this guy, he is born blind, born. It didn't become blind from an accident or disease. He was born blind. And Jesus comes upon him and he heals him. He says, hey, take this mud and put it on your eyes. Go and wash on the Sabbath day. And the guy did and he was healed, right? That's the story. 
So after that, we read in John 9, 8. Now this is a guy, because he was born blind, was believed by the Jews of that day to have sinned somehow. That either his parents were uh, sinners or that he sinned somehow in what would be called a, a false doctrine of a Platonian preexistence. But they, they thought he did something wrong, that God would punish him to be born blind, right? And so Jesus heals him. And the Jewish leaders, because Jesus heals him on the Sabbath, are really ticked. So at verse 8 of chapter 9, it says, The neighbors, therefore, and they which had seen him that was blind said, Is this not the one who sat and begged? This guy was so low on the, on the socioeconomic scale of that time that he just sat there and begged because nobody would give him uh, any time of day because he was a sinner somehow because God cursed him with blindness. And then verse 9 says, Some said, This is he. This is the blind guy. And others said, It's like him. But they weren't sure because now this guy has sight. But he said, I am he. I'm the guy who was blind and sat there begging my whole life for someone to help me. Verse 10 says, therefore they said to him, how were your eyes opened? And he answered and he said, a man that is called Yeshua made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. What a freaking miracle, right? Then they said unto him, where is he? And the man formerly born blind said, I don't know. So that's where we are in the story. All of this is great narrative, no disrespect, just, just uh, dialogue back and forth. What happened? This. Who is it? I don't know. Where is it? I don't know, right? Then we come to verse 13. They, the neighbors, brought to the Pharisees him that was aforetime blind. And it was the Sabbath day, one of their really important focuses by this time in Jewish narrative. When Jesus made the clay, he made the clay, that's work, right? And opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him that was born blind, how he had received his sight. And he said unto him, he put clay upon my eyes and I washed and do see. Again, very respectful Q&A, Socratic dialogue. How did this happen? He made clay, put it on my eyes. I washed, I now do see. Questions asked, answers given, all good so far. But then the religious leaders and their hearts and their intent to take something good and turn it evil comes forward. And we continue to read at verse 16. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God. Because he keeps not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man who's a sinner do such miracles? And there was division among them, among the religious leaders. You know, that's the interesting thing about Jesus. He came, he spoke the truth, and the religious leaders who are supposed to know the truth fought with each other over what he was and what he was saying and doing, right? Happens all the time when truth is presented to a bunch of religious bigots. Verse 17, 
They said again to the man born blind, What sayest you of him? That he has opened your eyes. And at this point, the man is being cornered. What do you say about him? You've been born uh, blind. You were born blind since birth. You have been begging. You haven't had anything. And you've been ill-treated because people believed it was because of you that you were born blind or your parents. And yet, now that this miracle of miracles happened, they want to know, what do you think of this one? And so the man says plainly, he's a prophet. He's a prophet. Verse 18, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been born blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight and they asked of him saying, is this your son who you say is born blind? How does he now see? Listen to this. His parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. We can verify that, religious leaders who are out to cause trouble in the face of something really good. But by what means he now sees, we know not. Or who has opened his eyes, we know not. He's of age, ask him. He shall speak of himself. Now listen to what John adds here as an insight at verse 32 as to why the parents said this. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if any man did confess that he was the Messiah, he would be put out of the synagogue. Meaning, the Jews let it be known to everybody in the community, if you say this Yeshua guy of Nazareth is the Messiah, you're going to be excommunicated by the religion, the religious power that be, right? This is true power in the community, right? And the parents were frightened. Therefore, John says uh, of his parents, he's of age, ask him. We're not going to speak to this Jesus making our, even though they had a son who was born blind, now miraculously healed the parents because of fear of the religious leaders wouldn't say, hey, you know, Jesus did it. So the stage is set and the situation is clear. The religious leaders in question proved themselves enemies of the one doing good. That's it. He, he spoke the truth. He did the truth. He did miracles. And they wanted to capture him and put him to death. And they wanted to use this man that he healed as a tool to do it. So verse 24, they come back and it says, Then again they called the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Now the man earlier had said, He's a prophet. Boldly, you know, he had nothing to lose. He was a reprobate in the community. And now the religious leader saying, what do you think he is? And he boldly said, I think he's a prophet. And they say, hey, give God the praise. You know, we know this man's a sinner. And the man wisely and reasonably says the following line, which I've always loved and resonated to, whether he be a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know is that where I was blind, I now see. 
I was interviewed by uh, John Delin years ago, or not years ago, a couple years ago. Uh, and um, that's, that's my claim to faith. I can't tell you all the particulars about Jesus and God and their makeup and, and all this stuff. I try, but all I can say is where I was once blind, I now see. Where I was once weak in my flesh, I am now empowered in the spirit. Where I was once feeble and an animal, I am now more of a, a man who does what he should by the power of God uh, in him. So where I was once blind, I now see. That's all I can say to people. You know, you can, you can believe how you want, but that's what I say. And they said to him again, what did he do to you? How opened he your eyes? At this point, we see some insolence come forward from the man who was born blind. We see some disrespect for these predatory, evil religious leaders. And it's at this point that they face the righteous wrath of someone who has been healed by God. And the healed man says, I've told you already. And yet, did you not hear? <laughs> Wherefore, would you hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? This, these are words from a man who has been converted to Christ by virtue of what Christ did in his personal subjective life experience. And no threat, no fear, nothing of trying to be accepted by the religious community was going to stop him from coming back at them. And, and really essentially deriding them for, for their insolence toward truth and goodness. John the Baptist called these leaders vipers. Jesus told them that Satan was their father. Paul called them whited walls, right? And this man, a disciple of Christ by faith, was not about to let these guys trip him up and the wonderful liberation that Jesus gave him personally. So how did the leaders respond to him saying, I've told you already, did you not hear? Would you hear it again? Will you be his disciples? Then they reviled him. They came back at him full force. Do we see that today with people who are sold out to Jesus and are being condemned because they follow him in ways that the religious leaders don't want? We do. And they reviled him and said, thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spoke to Moses as for this fellow. We know not from whence he is. We don't know where he comes from. We know where Moses came from. Moses, who gave us the law and the prophets, he's the one we follow. And the disrespect without sin continues now to come from the man as he boldly offers up more spirit-led reasoning, saying... Why herein is a marvelous thing. I, I hear sarcasm. Well, look at this is a marvelous thing that you know not where, where he come from, where he came from, and yet he's opened my eyes. He's mocking them. 
Wow, what a marvelous event we're having here. Our religious leaders, they don't know where this man came from, but he opened my eyes. Now we know that God hears not sinners, the blind, formerly blind man says, but if any man will be a worshiper of God and does his will, him will God hear. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? The once blind man says to them, if this man were not of God, he could do nothing. We are seeing a boldness in a very short period of time, a single conversation come forward by the power of the spirit in the face of that evil religious uh, manipulation that is being forged upon him. It inspires me so much to see someone so dedicated to Christ who has the power to change lives and the religious leaders who want to retain that power for themselves being so disrespectful of it, being so condemnatory of someone who's received a miraculous gift in their life. Do you see and hear the empowered speaking truth before these religious power brokers of the day? Was he right? I think so. Even though it doesn't accord with the way that we see love being described, it is speaking truth to people who have an agenda to dismantle and, and disprove the effectiveness of God in their lives through Christ. How do these religious leaders respond to the man now? And they answered and said unto him, You were born altogether in sin. And you teach us pride, right? I have studied with the, this for years. I know the Torah backward and forward. I went to Duke University and got an MBA, or not MBA, got an MDiv in, in theology. And you question uh, us? You have the audacity? Who do you think you are? The Spirit takes every man, every woman, and empowers them with the truth of Christ so none of us have fear. We know who this God is that we serve, and we are not afraid of those people who want to capture and control us. And we speak directly to those types. Everybody else, we show deference, respect, love to people who are questioning it's okay, to people who are even critical of things they don't understand, fine. To people ensconced in sin, fine. To people who are love the dark more than the light, fine. But when you find somebody who was using God and Jesus so that they can have power and control, we have the example of the man born blind that I think is biblically congruent with the heart we should have when we see and meet people like them. And they excommunicated, when it says they cast him out, that means they excommunicated him from the synagogue. How often, how often have we seen people, men and women in the name of God and claiming an authority, excommunicate people who speak the truth? How often have we seen people who stand up to a pastor and say, I don't think you're teaching the truth, get excommunicated, kicked out of the synagogue, not respected anymore? because they don't uphold the doctrines that the leaders want them to. In our day, led of the Spirit, there does not appear biblically any justifiable reason to be curt, abrupt, 
or disrespectful to anybody, we leave that up to God who gets the vengeance. Unless the scripture does seem to support us showing insolence toward people who in the name of God try to burden, trap, and control others. Have a great week. We love you.